everyone welcome back to concrete pastures i am nancy as always i am super excited to be here another week another day uh, for anybody who is new welcome to the family of your fellow immigrants your fellow dreamers we inspire each other through our stories we also give insights on what it's like to be an immigrant anywhere in the world and if you would like to be a guest you'd like to inspire somebody out there with your unique story please feel free to reach out to me on our new website concretepastures.com while you're there please subscribe to be on the mailing list and for all of you guys that are already you know our loyal listeners please check out the website it's amazing oh so much love went into it. Let me know what you think. Guys, as you listen, I would appreciate it if you leave me a review. Let me know what you took away from any conversation that you loved on the podcast so far. And also, you know, rate the podcast. I would love it if it's five stars. On today's episode, we actually have our first guest from Nigeria. I am super excited about this. The goal is for us to have, you know, everyone from every country in the world. A girl can dream. I am dreaming. I'm a dreamer. And I'm excited to have a conversation with him. I want to know more a little bit about Nigeria. But before we get into the conversation with our guests, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for tuning in every week every day as soon as we drop the episodes you guys continue to listen i appreciate you every week we get a new country listening so thank you netherlands for joining in welcome to the family zimbabwe my african family thank you so much for joining in and for all of you guys that continue to listen i appreciate you thank you for motivating me every day every week my heart is so full this week, the past week, we were featured on fmgradio.com slash listen. I'm going to repeat that one more time. fmgradio.com slash listen. I'm just humbled. Jordi reached out to me to feature Concrete Pastures on her platform. It's a radio station. I am just blown out of my mind. I never thought this podcast will go that far I get this much visibility. I appreciate you, Jordi. Thank you so much for supporting independent podcasters like myself. Guys, check out the radio. It's a regular radio. They also have other podcasters on their platform as well as if you are looking to become a podcaster, they have a school for podcasting. If you're interested please reach out. Again, let's support fmgradio.com slash listen. There's so many podcasts there. Concrete Pastures comes on on Thursdays, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Sundays, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure let's tune in. Let's tune in together. Let's listen to Concrete Pastures on the radio. Okay. All right. Don't get me too excited. I'm so excited. Okay. On our next guest, again, like I said, he's our first guest from Nigeria. He's our lucky charm. I'm sure many more Nigerian brothers and sisters are going to be coming on on the platform. I'm excited to hear his story. We are focusing our conversation on entrepreneurship. So for all of you guys that are, you know, business minded, looking to start a business, this is on no such perspective about entrepreneurship. So this is not the end or be all, but he's giving us insight on what he did for his business and some of the you know, tips and all the beautiful things about, you know, starting a business and all the not so, you know, great things about, you know, starting a business as well. 
So without further ado, Nosa Yari grew up in a military family in Nigeria. He came to the U.S. in 2017, living a seven-year career in banking. He started a business in the tracking space in 2021. Like I said, this is our area of focus. We're going to be focusing on entrepreneurship. And his way of relaxing, guys, is listening to podcasts. Nosa is a host of his own podcast called Culture Class. Let's make sure we support him as well. When you guys are out listening to Concrete Pastures, let's show him some love on Culture Class. The podcast is great. Take a listen. Please, let's welcome Nosa Iyari. Welcome, Nosa. Hey. Hey, Nancy. How's it going? You're my first guest from Nigeria. I am so excited. I have only seen Nigeria in the lens of, you know, the TV and the movies, the music, everything. So could you just give us a little bit of a test of what it was like to be in Nigeria and what got you to come into America? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking before the interview and I was like, this is very surprising because you live in New York. I was like, there are tons of Nigerians <laughs> in New York. So I was like, how am I the first Nigerian guest you have? But yeah, yes, we're, we're my lucky people, charm. So we, don't, we don't buy it as well. So <laughs> a lot of people tend to tend to have all these Nigerian stereotypes. So you buy lucky charm and I want to have more and more Nigerian brothers and sisters on here. Yeah, yeah. Well, the best kind of friends to have are the life of the party, literally. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Growing up in Nigeria was pretty cool. I grew up in a military family. Mm. Uh, so my dad was in the Nigerian Air Force. I think he did like 33 or 34 years or something. When I was very young, Nigeria was still under military rule. You know, the army, um, Babangida, Bacha, you know, all the coups and whatnot, uh, growing up in the mid to late 90s. So my dad being in the military, that this was kind of like why I, I, I you know, just tend to love my dad like even though the military were, were in power and a lot of people in the military his colleagues were abusing their power you know you have situations of you know mm-hmm. obviously you know people acting out he never did that like we would mm-hmm. we were in a military dispensation during a military rule and we would drive on the street and we would get stopped by the police and it was kind of like a taboo because the way it was, it was like the military ranked higher than the police. So like, it was like, you're stopping me, even though he wasn't uniformed, right? And mm-hmm. all he would need to do is just tell them, hey, I'm officer this, or this is my rank, or this is my ID. And they'll be like, everyone will scramble, right? right? But he never did that. He'll like allow them search the car, tell them, are they having a good day? And I'll be in the backseat and I'll be looking mm-hmm. like, you have the power to, you know, really like move along and whatnot. But he never did that. So that's kind of like my recollection. Uh, growing up, I lived in uh, many places all around Nigeria. Mm. Um, so Nigeria is a country of 36 states. Uh, we probably mm. lived in, I want to say, 15 to 20 of those states because we moved around so much. Because just virtue of the fact that my dad was in the military, I was always getting posted. You know, later in life, when I was like in my teenage years, you know, he wanted us to just settle in one place. So he would go around and we'll just be in like Lagos. But I, you know, moving around like it was, it was at the time I hated it. But right now, mm. like I have friends from so many places, like yeah. my Facebook, like people all over Nigeria, <laughs> people I know, I, I, I you know, got to see the country. And that's kind of like my introduction into like meshing with other cultures, like locally. Like I, I got the opportunity to travel later in life, like internationally. But now, and you know, I, I always say that's kind of like maybe one of the reasons I started Culture Class Podcast. Just my affinity for culture probably started from when I was younger, moving around. Yeah, so that's kind of like a summary of you know just growing up in Nigeria, and you know you have stuff like, of course, Nigeria is big on sports. Uh, Nigeria is big on music, so you know. Growing up, you always like go outside, go for parties. Being a teenager, steal the car, go outside, you know, all that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like a summary. <laughs> nice. Oh, how's the food in Nigeria? I've tried the food here. I'm sure it's night and day. But how is the food in Nigeria? Is everything we see on TV so delicious, you know? My mouth of course, is of course. You know, Nigerians uh, like to brag, so I'll, I'll say Nigerians have the best food <laughs> on the continent. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> let me bring All out right. my let me bring out my Nigerian side and say that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, Nigerians Nigerians food is so diverse. 
Western Nigeria, the Yorubas, they make a lot of good stuff with like tomatoes and stuff like, you know, Amala, you know, it's pretty good. You know, in the East, we have the soups, talking about like goosey, things like that. Down South, we have like Ogbono, up North too. So it's a very diverse, like when I talk about Nigerian food, but mm. the staples always remain like jollof. You know, gotcha. jollof is kind of like a staple that everyone kind of like partakes in. And then you have right. your swallows, you know, so your pounded yam, amala, eba, then different types of soups and things like that. Then down south towards like uh, Port Harcourt, Bayelsa, we have a lot of like seafood type options where people like eat like tilapia. Pepper mm. soup is a, is a very, is a very huge one. Suya, which is kind of like skewered meat on mm. a stick, roasted over an open fire. There's that as well. But Nigerian food is just very diverse. It's kind of like it's people. You can never get bored with Nigerians. You can never get bored with Nigerian food. There's always something new, kind of like every day. So I encourage you guys to try it. If you guys you just this. sold me. You know, every year there's an African market here. It's like African restaurants, I should say. One year I went, I tried the suya chicken. I mean, it's an acquired taste for me. It's, it has the nuts and everything else. So everything else mixed together. It, it's it tastes really good, but it was an acquired taste for me. And everybody was raving about it. The line was, so, I don't even know, like somewhere over there. This so is in New long. York, right? This is in New York. The line was the longest line. I got out of all the restaurants that were there, the mm-hmm. sweet barbecue um, thing that they were doing was the longest yes. line. And I stood in that line. I was like, okay, let me see what yeah. the rev is about. You I'm, know, I'm sure people miss it. Like people like you don't get to see suya here often. So if you go to like you know festivals and stuff and you see suya, that's and it's like a finger food as well. Like you don't need yes. A or anything so it's like perfect for like picnics or whatnot but chicken suya is not as common as beef suya though uh, people do oh. different types of suya some people do goat suya some people do bush rabbit suya <laughs> some we, we, like, we're making people hungry right now okay yeah that's good <laughs> go out there and try it <laughs> so. oh my god i'm sold i'm sold i'm sold so what got you to come to america you could have gone anywhere and uh, you decided to come here uh, I mean, land of opportunity, right? I mean, you know, just like the millions of other people who I would say, you know, are searching for greener pastures or something like that. It's like, you know, hey, you know, how can I plan and try to make, you know, a better future of myself since a lot of the African leaders are not doing what they're supposed to do. And, you know, consider a couple of countries, you know, Australia, the UK, you know, all that good stuff. I had a brother who had come about, um, I want to say about maybe four years before me, three, four mm-hmm. years or something. So he came for school and he was kind of like, we call him Moses because he led the way. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he literally led the way. Cause we I like that. Within, you know, we're all like, we're a group of like seven, eight guys living in like a two bedroom apartment, just trying to make things happen in our early twenties. And he left and because of him, like 80, 90% of people are, are in like other countries because he like made us see that it was possible. And then everyone just kind of like followed suit. So I came here for school five years ago in 2017. So yeah. yeah. Were you able to achieve the M- the MBA that you came to get? Yes, yes. I graduated in 2019, a year right. before the pandemic, thank God. So, you know, we're able to have an actual graduation ceremony and all virtual and all that. And after I went to school in Washington, D.C. Nice. And after that, I moved to Colorado. How was the adjustment when you came from Nigeria, you came here for school? How mm-hmm. was that adjusting to the U.S.? It wasn't that bad. I didn't have a lot of culture shock, to be honest, because I grew up watching the discovery channel shout out to you dad <laughs> watching <laughs> you know mtv and all these things and shout out to hip-hop as well so you know you kind of like get a little bit acclimatized you know we're wearing like 100 degree weather back home wearing tims and whatever because dmx was wearing tims in new york of <laughs> you course, know of all that stuff so of course there were a little bit of culture shark as far as the driving I'm driving back home is a totally different ball game than driving here that's why I can remember like just red means stop and green means go back yeah. home but here in the US green means okay if you want to turn left like still give way for people coming this way before yes. you turn I'm yes. like well, then why is it green like might as well be red so I almost like going to a few because <laughs> when I just see green I just like move you know without yeah. looking so of course there was that 
And just, you know, little things, you know, just getting a phone, opening a bank account, just seeing how things were different. But I always say like emigrating for school is kind of like the softest way or the easiest way to emigrate because, you know, school, it's its own little bubble. Yeah. And, you know, there are people there to help you from the International Students Association. Mm. You know, it's kind of like an easier way. So if you if you spend time in school, maybe two to four years uh, before you come you, you you integrate with the larger society. It's kind of like a softer landing type of thing. I'm glad that you say that because with the school, you get that support. You, you're completely right compared to some of us that just showed up. They just, you know, did right. it and tried to figure it out. It's very challenging when you're uh, trying to figure it out on your own without that support. But it's great. Did you research the school? Which school did you go to? Just in case somebody wants to go to that school. Yeah, yeah, I did research. Like I had, I think uh, at the very beginning, I had like a list of 36 or 37 different schools. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, in different countries. You know, like I said, I was looking at the UK as well, Australia. Yeah. So I was like, but most of the schools were here in the US. So I was kind of like, I ended up applying for, uh, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably got admitted into maybe six or seven. And then I chose the one with the best scholarship. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went to American University, uh, which is a school in Northwest DC. It's a school where, let me see, who, which alumni do we have? Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, oh, he's an alumni. Judge Judy. Uh, oh, Judge Judy. Yeah, she's an alumni. Nice. And tons of senators and politicians are all alumni because I think like the school really like is one of like the bigger public administration schools in the U.S. A lot of people Mm -hmm. tend to go to Capitol Hill or Department of Defense or whatever from there. But yeah, I went there for my MBA. It was pretty interesting. Smaller campus compared to like uh, maybe University of Maryland or, or, you know, the other schools in D.C. But I enjoyed myself. It was pretty, pretty good. That's good. So we talk about a, a, a lot of um, immigrants dating. Chulu asked me on the podcast for immigrants. How was it dating for you in America as an immigrant? Dating, you say? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Like like I said, you know, that whole Nigerian thing in, in us, like we, we like variety in, in every aspect uh, of life. <laughs> so it's like where I was very open. That was like one of the things I was looking forward to. I was like, okay, for the first year or two, like I... Like, I love my black women. Like, you guys are awesome. But I was like, man, like, let, let me just see, like, mm, what mm, what else is out there, mm, <laughs> you know, type mm. of thing. So, yeah, uh, I was really open uh, to that. I ended up, I ended up, for context, like, American University is a predominantly white institution, right? Like, it's mostly white. It's unlike yes. you know, Howard, Howard University and yes. University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Have. So, you know, your options are even kind of limited in that sense. And then also <laughs> being like a grad student, like, you can't really be frolicking with like undergrads per se because a lot of them are are still pretty young and all that so yeah dating for me was you know like everyone else you know kind of like hey you know dating apps out there uh, see what's going on maybe around campus i ended up being in i guess i can call it a relationship with Mm. a, a lady from india for a while and then you know just a bunch of other people you know it was it was kind of okay it was interesting you know as well that there were there were cultural differences in dating i remember when i was with someone and she went into the bathroom and i don't know if you guys have like this african sponge that's kind of like a net it's kind of like a mesh <laughs> kind of thing and she was like what what's and you know everyone here like uses washcloths right yes i, I don't know yes. why but i was like nope like go get my African sponge, use my thing so we can scrub the melanin and all that. Uh, and she was like, she didn't understand what that was. So she was like, what, like, what is this? You know, type of thing. I'm like, yeah, it's a sponge. She was like, wait, not a washcloth. So you know, there are interesting, you know, dynamics like that. And, you know, um, of course the food, you know, I'll introduce her to Nigerian food. She introduced me to whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. dating was cool. You know, I'm a very open-minded person. So I'm like, you know, you can find love anywhere. Type yes, of thing, of but I was a little bit deliberate, like when my first year or two to like, okay, I wanted to kind of like experience um, other cultures as well. So yeah. Oh, I'm glad you shared that. That that was so cool. It was just for fun. I wanted to know. Everybody has different, you know, answers when it comes to this question. Actually, mm-hmm. um, we have to be open minded when we come to when we go to these countries. Yeah. Have, 
there's <laughs> it's different. <laughs> it's not like back home. You know, you, sometimes you're from the same culture, but yeah. here you come is very different. So why did you move to Colorado? Why did I move to Colorado? I got a job out here after grad school. This was pre-pandemic. You know, I really, I really wanted to stay in DC. I had grown accustomed to the city. Yeah, it was you know, chocolate city. Shout out DC. And, you know, <laughs> um, but now moving out here, I don't regret it because I always like to say, I mean, you live in New York. I always like to say the East Coast is like for anyone under 30. Once you're above 30, you just move to the Midwest or the South or whatever, because it's a slower pace of life. The, the East Coast is so, you know, fast paced and all that mm. good stuff. So coming from Africa, I come from Nigeria, like I was like, this is nothing, you know, but like just coming out here, you know, more better work life balance, you know, everything is more stable life for me so i don't regret it but to answer your question i got a job out here after grad school that's kind of like why i came out here i don't work there congratulations nice that was kind of like the reason why i got out i got out so but the weather the weather over there i mean do you guys colorado yes but do you guys have four seasons in nigeria or no oh you mean the weather in nigeria yeah, no, like we, we, how is no, the we weather don't have in four Nigeria? Seasons. No, no, like no. most African countries, we have like a dry season and a rainy yeah. season, so it's just two. Um, in early January, like we tend to have something called hammer tan, which is kind of like foggy, kind of. Gotcha. It's really cold and dry, especially up north and some parts of the southwest of Nigeria. It's like it's not snow, but it's just like foggy, low visibility, very cold, very dry type of thing. For the most part, it's like raining and dry season, like most parts of sub-Saharan Africa. So, because Colorado, jeez, I uh, I came there. Let's see. It was summertime, and we went to Pikes Peak over there. Mm. It, it, there was snow on top. It was cold. We had to put on jackets. I was just like, okay, winter time. When I see <laughs> on TV the news, it's a, a blizzard all the time. So that's why I'm like, why Colorado? And I, I mean, I know. Oh, why you, you live in New York? What are you talking about? <laughs> you it, it, it's York? not as bad. It's not as bad as Colorado. What part of New York do you live in? I live in Brooklyn. Oh my god, come on. <laughs> like, it is not probably... that bad. It's, I cannot compare my weather to yours. The blizzard that you guys experience, all of yeah. the like the the snow is just way too much, like mm-hmm. piles. Uh I mean I have a brother that... who lives in Chicago, so I don't know what which is worse. Like Denver <laughs> isn't that bad. I understand what you're saying. Pike speaks, that's not necessarily Denver. That's like, you know, it's in Colorado, but not yeah. the city of Denver. So yeah, yeah, people who live on the mountains tend to get it more rough. So if we get like an inch in Denver, that you probably have like three, four inches <laughs> wherever in the remaining part of the state. So yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So whatever we see on TV, it's like all the way to the mountains. And yeah, I mean Colorado is a big is a big place. You know, Denver is just the capital city. You have Fort Collins up north, Colorado Springs down south. Yes. Uh, Telluride, Aspen, the mountain re- regions, yes, uh, you know, things Aspen. like that. So it's a very big day. Parts of Colorado that will take me probably like three hours to get there. So but I, I just live in Denver, which is kind of like the capital type. Thing. I mean, it's beautiful. Denver is beautiful. We stopped there and then we went to Pike, uh, Pike Peak. It was really nice. Good weather, uh, good fresh air. That's what I remember. Like so fresh. Oh, I mean, it depends. If you go up to the mountains, you might need o- oxygen. Like Colorado yeah. actually sells like yes. oxygen and stuff. Yeah. So like if, you, if you're not used to the weather here and just came here for the first time and you're going to the mountains, you might have to have a can of oxygen just because just your lungs will be, won't be used to that type of altitudes and stuff. So It's true. It's true. They did check our tires. They checked everything to make sure that, you know, we're okay to still continue driving because we drove there. Exactly. And, uh, it, it was fun. So now you have a business mm-hmm. in tracking. Mm-hmm. Could you just share like how you got to that, how you started the business? This way oh. somebody maybe trying to be an entrepreneur can learn a thing or two from your yeah. side of things. Man, you know, that's a, that's a very broad question. I'll try to, I mean, how I stumbled into this, I always, I always say like no one really 
grows up thinking about the trucking industry. So I have a company called Truck Desk, right? Uh, and what we do is we're compliance consulting company for trucking companies. So we help trucking companies comply with federal and state regulations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least that's how we started off. We're, we're kind of like thinking about getting to the equipment side before the end of the year, but um, I could talk about that. I stumbled onto it, to be honest. I, I moved out to Colorado after business school, like we said. The job I got out here was as an underwriter. It just so happened that, you know, a lot of my clients were truckers. Like the, the firm I was with out here, you know, did a lot of like financing for small businesses, particularly like immigrant run businesses. Kind of like, wow, that was kind of like why the, I was employed was a good fit for me because I had like the technical ability as far as like, you know, finance and whatnot. And then, you know, I had that immigrant compo- component to it. Yeah. So, yeah, at the peak, like 70, 80 percent of my clients were truckers. So that's kind of like my introduction to the industry. So fast forward to the pandemic, when I left that job, you know, I was kind of like, hey, you know, I've grown so familiar with this industry. It'll be interesting to start something in the industry. You know, my first thought process was actually to go out and buy a truck and to team up with a former client of mine. Yeah. Uh, Hey, let's run a trucking company. Let's grow that fleet and, you know, whatnot. But during the pandemic, like you couldn't find the truck to save your life, like supply chain issues, like, you know, trucks, cars. You know, it was just, and if you could find a truck, it was so expensive. So I was like, okay, how else can I provide value? That's why we kind of, I started off as a consultant business, but challenges in a business. I mean, ugh, man, every day is different, man. Like you go through challenges. So before every you go day. into the challenges, like uh-huh. for consultant, so I'm coming in as your client. Mm-hmm. What exactly are you, am I coming to consult with you? Yeah, uh, of course. So there, there's an agency called the FMCSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an agency of the Department of Transportation. It's the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. So what they do is they pretty much regulate the trucking industry as well as well as some other industries. So they try to make sure that all the trucks on the road are pretty much it's pretty much a safety agency, kind of like the NTSBs for airlines. Mm. The, FMCSA is for truckers, right? So, and you know, when government regulation comes into play, like it's very difficult to navigate. Like they have a, a, a regulation code this thick, you know, more than 600 pages. And, you know, these truckers just want to operate your stuff, right? So, hey, yeah. it can be one of things like, hey, I'm getting audited. Can you help me? This is what I need to do. Or I'm preparing for an audit. This is what I need to do. Or I'm thinking about adding, you know, new equipment or hiring new people. You know, I just need you to guide me uh, what I need to do. Or conventional stuff like, hey, I need to maintain something we call driver qualification files. Or, you know, I need to make sure my drug and alcohol testing program is on point. Or, you know, I need to make sure I have certain permits, you know, for certain states. I need to, so that's kind of like a recurring thing. Or I need my books in order, like accounting type of thing, bookkeeping, because I want to apply for a loan to acquire more trucks next year. So, you know, it really depends, but we focus on compliance. So making sure they keep, they adhere to federal and state regulations as far as the trucking industry is concerned, and they don't end up paying fines. That's kind of like what we do. So that can be specific as far as like, I need this specific thing done as far as compliance, or that can be general as far as what I just need to put your retainer to maintain a good compliance program like week in week out so kind of like a lawyer relationship in that in that sense well i'm not a lawyer so yeah so this is for let's say truck owners like if they own the business like for the truck yes i own a truck i can reach out to you for consultation for certain things yes Yes, it is for specifically for trucking companies. It just so happens that majority of the trucking companies are really small fleets. So 90% of the industry are companies with small fleets of less than six trucks, right? Mm. So obviously the Amazons of the world, the FedExes of the world, the UPSs of the world, they have the money to have like transportation lawyers and entire compliance department, but those guys are less than 10% of the industry. So people like us like serve the remaining 90% of, oh, you know, you have three, four trucks, you know, you're running a, a, a trucking company out of Missouri. You know, you're still subject to the same regulation as Amazon is, but you don't have the resources that Amazon has. So you tend to... Yeah pay like instead of having like a compliance staff on on a compliance person on staff you just play a compliance agency like mine and you know you get your stuff done got it oh interesting very interesting and what are some of the challenges that you faced through uh, uh, your platform 
man, 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 <laughs> man, really, really think, think hard before you go into business, man. I mean, going into business specifically, like you really need to make sure that you have the, you, you're doing something that you're interested in doing. Like a lot of people, and I see this in Nigeria as well, you know, we, we were people who like money, right? So we just tend to, oh, you know, tech is the in thing now. So everyone is flocking into tech, even though, you know, they can't do any coding to save your life or they just try to, you know, hack their way. Like try to go into something that you can be 100% in yeah, uh, and not like just mediocre, right? Because, you know, there'll be people depending on you, you'll be providing a service, you want to produce something of value. Mm. As far as challenges, man, you you you, call, you face challenges every day. I mean, the, the first blow was, you know, I talked to you about wanting to start a trucking company with a former client of mine during the pandemic, right? So the first blow, like that, that person ghosted me. So that was not, <laughs> I was like, like, welcome to the industry. I'm ghosting you. <laughs> so we had already talked about it. We had, you know, ironed out some type of verbal agreement. Like I'd gone to his office. He had already showed me, okay, this is the desk you're going to be working out of, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't know what happened. I think he had a silent partner who was invested in the business who he needed approval from as well to bring mm. me in or something. But until tomorrow, like, I really don't know, like, and do just stop picking on my calls. Like I was supposed to start on Monday and like, okay, let's build this thing together. And like on Sunday, he just stopped picking on my calls. I was like, well, what's mm. going on? I tried to call, try to call, like well, went to his office, like, well, what's going on? So I'm like, okay, how can I figure this thing out on my own? Right. In business, you have to be, very you know i was kind of like talking about this uh to like we're doing this thing called pod break right and part of the things we're doing is to reach out to to people right and yeah uh, and that's like on the podcasting side right and we had emailed a few people like once or twice and i was like okay the last time we emailed them was like a week ago or two weeks ago let's like follow up with that and someone on the team was like saying oh you know we had emailed them like once already or twice, you know, maybe they're not interested. Like we shouldn't like disturb them. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like the Nigerian email was like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like I say that to say like tying it to business, like you have to have a sales mindset in a way. Like you have to be comfortable hearing no. Like you're going to yeah. hear no a lot. Like the name of the game is numbers, right? The more rice you throw against the wall, some of it tends to stick, right? So you, you just have to go. You, you don't, you, you're not afraid of like going out there, networking with people, going out there, introducing yourself, pitching people, trying to sell people, you know, all that stuff. Like, so you, you kind of like have to have a sales mindset. So like, if you're not one that has that mindset, like really partner up with someone that, that has that mindset that can go out there. I say that to say that, you know, it took me a while to kind of like adjust, you know, the trucking industry is not, it's not like corporate, corporate, you know, a lot yeah. of people are like owner operators, like small business, that type of thing. And mm. these people want value for their money. You hear about, you know, a trucker language or trucker mouth, you know, they curse, you know, they're, they're very direct, you know, that type of thing. So you really have to be someone who's like, that can contend, you know, those type of individuals. So that was like a learning curve as far as a challenge as well. There's always a challenge of money, right? You know, whether that's capital, to start or capital to grow or just money to sustain like revenue month over month and you know patience is a big thing in business right like it doesn't mm -hmm. happen overnight like you don't start today and tomorrow you just start rolling in, in dough or whatever like you know my business turned one year old last month in, in april congratulations and, yeah and, and like april was kind of like my like i made like i can probably throw the number out there it's fine but that i made like what was like 30 3300 dollars or something or 3500 oh. dollars and that was, was kind of like you know my my most impressive month so far that's kind of like an uptick so yeah. i say that to say after a year one year you yeah. know of not earning a salary and like making 30 3500 uh, dollars in a month and you know some people don't even have that story you know some people so you really need to have patience and you need tend to get creative don't spend money that you don't have to spend so yeah if you know you want to go into business like do things kind of like one advice i'll give is like do things when it's not pressing for you to do them if that makes sense like, hey, even from registering your company, right? Oh, you know you want to start a business in two, three years time. Register yeah. your company now. 
when it's not pertinent, when it's not like pressing for you to register your company. Don't wait till, oh, you're trying to chase this grant and then, or you're trying to, you know, raise this money or do whatever. That's when you're not scrambling to register your company. Caveat is you know you want to start a business right soon. Register yeah. your company now because most banks, they tend to look at, oh, your incorporation date uh, to be more than 18 months or 24 months to be able to work with you. Because yeah. less than 24 months, the SBA will, will classify you as a startup, right? That's a small business administration yeah. in the U.S. So uh, register your company before. And, you know, you can just, you know, do it as a side gig, you know, get com- do some business here and there with friends and family. Make sure you file your taxes, every year <laughs> that's very important um yeah um <laughs> if you know you need a loan for your business you need to work with a bank start building those relationships before you need a loan you know open that account get to know your account officer mm. you know, get go into the buildings not every time you have to be on the phone know their name build that relationship so one year from now you know if you need investors start sending those updates before you need to raise money oh you know this is what we're working on tweet about it you know blog about it so when you eventually ask for that money a year from now you know it doesn't like come as a surprise or people will be able to track your progress so if you need to hire employees you know start to learn like mm. oh you know what does it take even though you don't have the money to pay employees today like what does it take to hire employees in the u.s what do i need to watch out for what does it take to outsource certain things okay well, what does paying salary look like what type of taxes do i need to withhold like what what type of employees okay do mock interviews like even if you're not ready to employ you can do a mock interview and tell the person that hey you know i'm sorry like it didn't work out whatever just getting to the game so i i say that to say like in business if you want to start a business especially in the u.s try to do things before they're needed right just be in front of things like do all those things before they're needed because if you wait till you know you need to raise capital or you need a loan or you need to hire or you need to do whatever Mm. till you start doing all those things like you know you're going to make mistakes anyway but it's better to do those things and like build that muscle memory before the time comes so yeah oh so much good stuff in there so much good stuff great you've already given advice for anybody who's looking to start we can get into heartbreak Mm -hmm. you already mentioned i'm part of heartbreak now thank you so much yeah, we're glad to have you. <laughs> it's exciting. Please share what Pat Break is about and who is allowed to join. Yeah, of course. I mean, Pod Break is is pretty much. So I have a podcast as well, right? That's just been a yeah. a passion project of mine that has been going on for like three and a half years now. Kind of like having a podcast for like three plus years. Obviously, I got to meet other podcasters, yourself included, you know, during my journey. So I I thought, you know, late last year, I just reached out to a couple of podcast friends and and said, hey, you know what? Let's come together and do something like collaboration is kind of like the name of the game these days. Right. So we came up with something called Pod Break. Pod Break is kind of like a summer gathering for African podcasters in the U.S. or in the diaspora. Right. We have some some people in Canada and some people in Europe as well. So we're coming together over the 4th of July weekend physically uh, over the span of three days. We're renting out like a, you know, a house uh, type thing. So you can, I think, I guess you can classify as kind of like a creator house. And, you know, we're just coming together to bond, you know, meet listeners and produce content, most importantly, like together and like put that out. So uh, it's happening, you know, July 1st to 4th this year over the 4th of July weekend in Chicago, Illinois. And we have... Uh, I think we have 20 podcasters currently in Podbreak, and we're all podcasters of African descent, right? So you're Zambian, I'm Nigerian. We have people from Ghana, Uganda, Morocco, different people, all African podcasters. Most of them live in the States. Some live in Canada, some live in Europe. But people in the States and Canada are going to be coming together in Chicago to just like produce content and bond so it's kind of like a summer break but mixed with producing episodes and you know getting to meet listeners and all that good stuff so this is kind of like our first outing so that's what i can't just imagine this big party this is gonna be like tell me about it (laughs) it's a big party let's talk about culture class Mm mm-hmm how, how did you come up with uh, culture class? And where do you get the time? You work. <laughs> you have a business. <laughs> Just saying. Come on. Right. And then you have a podcast. I'm, right. I, for one, know how draining right. that is. Mentally. It's not even like the job to talk. and right. It's just mentally exhausting. You want to make sure that you're delivering to your audience. Oh, my gosh. Where do you get the time? Oh man, uh, time. I mean, I do so. I, I, I mean, you mentioned 
kind of like 40% of the things I do. I'm also involved with my, like my high school alumni. I was like president of my high school alumni for like three years. So there's that, like I'm involved 40%. with okay. a lot of other community projects, but I, I guess I can attribute, I can attribute the time to two things. Like I'm big on self-awareness, right? I'm doing things you're interested in, right? So if you're doing things you're interested in, like they say, it never feels like work, right? And yeah. that's kind of like a big thing for me, right? So like I said, a lot of people, you know, they look at, you know, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, oh, tech is the next thing. And there's nothing wrong with tech. Like if that's what it is for you or even starting a podcast, like I could have easily started a podcast where, you know, we're talking about current events that, oh, you know, Nicki Minaj broke up with Drake today or Chris Brown did this or, you know, that. And those podcasts are cool, kind of like, you know, people just talking or, you know, gossiping about current events. You're fine. Your people are built for that, but that's not what I'm. That's not you. Yeah. So I I decided to do a stick to my lane, which, you know, is not as, you know, it doesn't gain a lot of traction like the popular podcasts, you know, that break, you know, gossip news and all that good stuff. But it's something I'm interested in. So uh, doing something I'm interested in, you know, helps a lot, you know, and growing up, having a military background. Like I discussed earlier, also helps a lot. You know, I grew up in obviously a house, you know, like growing up, like I just thought that was how the world was. Like everyone woke up, you know, everyone had a schedule. Everyone made their bed. I went to a military boarding school. I was <laughs> I was trying to get into the Nigerian Navy at one point. So, you know, I just grew up, you know, being sporty, you know, participating in sports, structured and disciplined. I thought that's how everyone was. Yeah. So coming out into the world and like seeing people who can maybe going during undergrad, seeing people just like left their room messy and we're getting late to class and all like what the hell's wrong with you bro <laughs> so like those two things help like being self-aware doing things i'm interested in and having that discipline to like follow things through i mean i, I can't have a podcast for three and a half years if i don't have some type of structure to it right yeah so of course being structure helps like i'm not like people think i'm awake every waking day like i also relax i have fun i do other things but I'm just structured enough to know that, oh, okay, just like booking this interview. Like I, I told Cece, okay, let's put it on the calendar. That was the first yeah. thing I told you, right? Yeah. Put it on the calendar because I know that, okay, I'm going to be free Saturday evening. I'm going somewhere else to, to, to an event from here, but I know I have 90 minutes window. Okay, let's put it on the calendar. Let me do this and then go there. So it's all about like scheduling. The MBA helped as well because, you know, I always say like, MBA is really like a master's of time management and networking, pretty much. Yeah, I was so, about you know. to say, I'm like, time management is is key. And exactly. I have mastered it. I'm working on mine. Yeah. Juggling. I haven't mastered it. Like, I'm still working on it. But, you know, like over time, again, like I'm big on like muscle memory. Like, okay, I'm doing this new thing. Yeah. How do I like fit that into the NOSA system to fit with yeah. all other things? So I know that, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this is Thursday, there's a break. Friday is a slower day. The busier days are on Sunday. Like, I just have all these ways to, and, you know, we live in the 21st century. So there are a lot of things, you know, very simple things, like as simple as Google Calendar. Mm -hmm. You know, you have auto reminder. Like, I have auto reminders on my podcast email. I have, like, you know, calendars. You know, you use Zapier sometimes. You know, just make sure that you're not doing a lot of manual processes and, you know, help yourself out. So that's kind of like how I cope. But your initial question was like, I think, what is culture class, I think? Yes. What is that? How can mm-hmm. people, you know, join to listen to culture class just in case, you know, yeah. it's almost similar to, I think, concrete questions. I know what it is because I've yeah. done my research and I've listened. It's fab. Good. It's yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah. Culture class. So that's my podcast. Uh, it's a pet project of mine. And I really started when I was at American University, right? So I, I talked about um, growing up in a military family, traveling everywhere and building that affinity for culture locally in Nigeria. Uh, when I you know, grew up, you know, traveled as well, I got to Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is kind of like a hotbed for international cultures compared to other cities in the U.S. Like people come there, you know, just because of the White House, all the multilateral organizations you have in D.C. So I was, I was friends with people from different places like Pakistan, India. Like I said, I'm always open. Right. If you're if you're coming to the U.S. or going abroad, like please have an open mind. Like, you know, some people just 
you know, they're Nigerians and they go to the capital of Nigeria, like Houston or New York or Maryland. <laughs> and like, they've been in the U.S. for 10 years and their accent have nothing wrong with, you know, your accent not changing or all that. But yeah. like, I tend to say that it's just like, oh, they're just within the Nigerian community. You go to Nigerian churches. Like, why are you, you know, abroad? Like, open yourself and, and see what's <laughs> out there, right? So yeah. culture class is kind of like, my platform to learn about other cultures. So I interview, I have an interview-based podcast where I talk to people from different countries and I just talk to them kind of like this, right? I talk to them about, you know, where they're from, what their culture is, you know, we talk about religion, you know, mm-hmm. just tend to talk about some of those things and we have a very casual conversation and through the podcast, not only am I learning and my listeners learning, like my guests as well, they're like, oh yeah. wow, they never really knew that this was how people view their culture and, and stuff so we've been lucky enough to I, or I've been lucky enough to interview people from about 50 countries in the three years plus that I've been there and you know, it's it's cultureclasspodcast.com so it's culture class like classroom cultureclasspodcast.com anyone interested in like you know catching up on like episodes that we've done over yeah. the years but you know it's, it's, it's just a passion project of mine you know just me you know it's not it's not all business so it's this kind of like me feeding my my passion as well so yeah listen podcasting is i think for anybody who gets into podcasting you have to love it because it's a lot Mm-hmm. Especially for what we're doing, like what you were saying, like entertainment, and mm-hmm. Minaj broke up with this person. Those, I mean, you could read online, but there's certain things like casual conversations like you and I are having right now. Mm-hmm. This is where like we learn so much. I've learned so much through this conversation right now. You gave, you poured so much into the entrepreneurship of your tracking business. And mm-hmm. for somebody who's looking to, you know, to open up a business can take something from what you just said. And, you know, your podcast gives so much. Oh my God. I listened to a few episodes already and what goes into the names when you guys were talking about somebody's names and what it means into their names and the culture. oh man that's early early <laughs> yes i went back i, I like, like to go back four or something yes no 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 if i listen to someone's podcast like right or, or the groups that we're on mm-hmm. i have to, i like to go back to their early early i'm like let me listen to what because the new ones we change we're transitioning as we yeah. go yeah. So I'm like, let me listen to them in, when they were, you know, just starting up. So it's very different. And what what you sound like before, like even for me, I sound very different from my first episodes to now. And I'm still growing through this process. But it's it's great to, to see you and to hear everything that you have to pour into the community. I ask this to everybody. At this point, you you haven't been here as long as me. But do you feel you found your concrete pastures? I mean, we're constantly on the road, right, to, to hopefully arrive there someday. I don't know if I'll ever arrive at a place where I can say, okay, this bike, because, and that's just, you know, based off my nature. I'm always someone who believes in continuous self-improvement. On my birthday every year, what I spend most of the day doing is self-reflection. You know, I don't really spend the day partying or doing any, anything like that. I tend to think, okay this year what, what what's happening what am i doing what am i putting out into the world this year yeah. either based on stuff i'm already working on or you know new initiatives that i think because all these the, the funny thing is that all these things i'm doing like they're like 20 percent of things that are in my head like if i had like three brains and like 10 arms and i could like clone myself i'd probably be doing more but yeah. i'm just limited right due to being human but i'm trying to get more out there as much as i can uh, and concrete pastures, yeah, yeah, and you will. It's all about the dream, and your dream is big. So if yeah. you don't have it right now, and that's okay. I've had yeah. guests. It's like I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm working towards that. Yeah, I'm. De- I'm definitely not there yet. One, I think one short-term goal uh, I have as far as like uh, the financial side uh, is concerned. So I have this thing with my brother, a five, we call it five by 2025, right? Like having five different streams of income by the year 2025. And these are just, you know, money nice. that just come in mostly passive, you know, that type of thing. So that's kind of like short term In the long term, I, I really want to directly affect a thousand people. 
Um, mm. I feel like that's like my legacy by the time I'm like 70 or something like, you know, a thousand people, you know, either that's, you know, through like my nonprofit, which I haven't started yet, or through the podcast or through business as far as mentorship or through, mm. you know, education, something I really want to like pour into a thousand people like directly, not indirectly of people who yeah. are just like look, listening to my story, like getting to yeah. interact with a thousand people, uh, most of them from the continent. So I, that's kind of like what I'm working towards now in a short term on the income side, long term on the legacy side with a thousand people. So concrete pastures would kind of like be inching my way towards those goals, but it'll probably take like 20 years to be honest. So I'm just every day, you know, chipping away at those. So yeah. Talk about dreaming. Oh my God. You are the <laughs> ultimate dreamer over here. Right. I love it. No, right. I love it. I'm, I, I'm a dreamer myself and I, I love to, uh, to have conversations with my fellow dreamers like you. Um, it's, it's free. Why not dream as big as you can? And, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're not dreaming, you're sleeping, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What advice would you give somebody that's in Nigeria or somewhere around the world? Mm -hmm. are dreaming to come to the u.s like today what advice would you give them after a while you know we've, yeah we've been through what's going on and all of that yeah um you know i'm a very huge proponent of self-awareness um so like in everything you do and i can i can apply it to this question as well but even beyond that you know it's important for you to be self-aware right it's it's nice to get inspiration from other people like i said my brother was moses you know we got inspiration from him he went before us right but everyone's path is different right really be self-aware like you, you need to understand okay given the current climate you know mm. if i'm above 30 does it really make sense for me to go the school route it might you know but hey you know if I'm, I'm i'm both 30 i have a family i really can't be spending you know two years three years frolicking the square i need a more direct you know um path to immigration um mm. it, how much money do i have in my bank can i afford to go you know the business route or you know even though i'm above 30 because i don't have all money okay let me do this instead you know so self-awareness is key once you know okay this is the kind of person i am this is my position and this is a country I want to go to, mm. then you start to research, right? Okay, you know, the US, you know, what are the states that are more friendly towards immigration? What are the states that are more friendly towards schooling? What are the states that are more friendly towards business? What are the states that are cheaper to live? Things like that. And please have a plan. Like coming abroad, please have a plan. Like yeah. a lot of people, like time goes by so fast. Like, you hear stories, you know, especially our brothers and sisters are in Europe, you know, oh, you know, they just, they, they come and, you know, they spent eight, nine years, 10 years, maybe nothing too much. And it's not easy, don't get me wrong, but not, not too much to show for it. And now they're, they're stuck in this limbo of, oh, they can't go back home because their people are thinking, you know, they're balling, but they're not quite balling. And so, so having a plan, you know, plans always change, but it helps to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to go to school. 2023 i'm gonna finish by 2025 mm. i'm gonna to go to michigan state university for instance because i yeah. know that uh ford and general motors you know hire from michigan state university a lot and i want to get into car manufacturing yeah. i'm gonna to go to school in michigan state this is how i'm gonna pay for it uh when i come out in 2025 i want to get into either ford or general motors mm. and then this is the kind of role i see myself doing and for ford and general motors this is the type of people they've hired in the past and this is how i'm gonna fit my my resume and experience to kind of like be closer to that and after i worked there for three four years i want to go back to tanzania and start my own car car factory that's the plan right so yeah. like then start to like equate. Don't just come and like, oh yeah, I'm just going anywhere. Why are you going to the state you're going to? Why are you going to the country you're going to? Why are you starting the business you're starting? Why you know everything has to answer a question that has to fit into the ultimate goal and plan, right? You know, it's okay to write it down. It's okay to have it mentally, and yeah. it's okay to change it if you know things happen or life happens. But just have a plan and be self-aware and know uh, on how you're gonna fit into that plan. So yeah. Oh. No, sir, you have so much nuggets, so much wisdom to share with all of us. So thank you so much. 
last question. Normally, I leave a quote for my audience. What do you live by? What inspires you? It could be a quote. It could be whatever. What inspires me? I have a lot of things, to be honest. But, you know, uh, my dad is a very difficult person to please. So I, sometimes I feel like I spend my life trying to live in to please him. <laughs> but I don't know. But he has this saying that he always had this thing he used to say growing up and he says it till now. He says, I have nothing and I lack nothing. That's what he'll say. And, you know, wow. it has always stuck to me. It was like, look, I'm not the richest guy out there. I'm not, you know, the president of the US, whatever. I have nothing. But at the same time, I lack nothing. Like everything I need I have, I'm comfortable enough and I, you know, I'm impacting my media community. Like I might not be impacting on a global scale like Justin Bieber, but I'm yeah. impacting enough on my on my local community. And looking at him, where he came from, from someone who grew up in the village, who couldn't afford books for school and had to farm to get his way and join the Nigerian military. Like I feel like I owe it to my future generation to at least like take that up a notch. Yeah. And then my children can also take that up a notch and, you know, we can continue from there. So just, I, I like to live by that in a way that I have nothing and I lack nothing. I don't really focus too much on material things, but it's more so on impact. Like I want to be able to live this world to know that, okay, I left deposits of, you know, you know, values and, and different things and different people. Mm. That's kind of like what I kind of like live by and you know we don't get all this thing alive right we all die at the end of the day so what can we yeah. do in the in the limited time that we have in order to create some kind of impact whatever that might be for you you know it's different yeah. for everyone you know back to the mm-hmm. self-awareness piece so yeah that's kind of like one thing I, I kind of like live by but there, there there are several other things but that's one I can leave your your listeners with ah oh, you sir have been very inspirational you've poured into the community Thank you so much for being here. And I know you got to go. So um, we're going to end here. But I appreciate you for being here and for pouring into the community. Thank you. Most definitely. Thank you so much for having. Like, I appreciate you so much, Nancy, like, you know, for for having me on your podcast. Like, I, I really see you as a doer. And, you know, I appreciate that a lot. Like, you know, in the span of like two weeks or what, three weeks I've known each other. Like, <laughs> we've just been like getting stuff. And I appreciate how you like follow up on your text and everything. Like, because a lot of people like I've been, ch- some people have been, you know, are like, aren't we supposed to do this other thing? Or other person? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. But, you know, just you that I met last than a month ago, we're very like, we're making progress so yeah thank you as well like concrete pastures i love what you guys are doing i told chulu like that when i come to southern africa to zambia like devil's pool like we got to make that happen so no well, for sure. i'll probably be calling you for for tips and stuff like when i make that happen as well so no for sure for sure listen we're all family and why not we're all trying to to deposit something before we leave this earth and why not inspire the people that we can inspire we all have our own audiences and whoever is you know your audience my audience we want to make sure that we leave something for them so thank you so much no sir thank you so much for an amazing conversation thank you for inspiring the community i appreciate you guys i truly wanted to have this conversation with nosa because a lot of us when we go to other countries it's very hard to get employment or you do find employment you're not too happy about it and we think about starting a business and having somebody who already has a business talk about it i wanted for us to have some takeaways from this conversation i hope you took notes if you haven't i would encourage that you listen to the conversation one more time or three times however times that you you know you want to get some of the important information that he was saying as well in there i would encourage that if you start a business make sure you provide a product or service that connects to you as a person and sales is to me is more personable when the more people relate to you to your product your service that you're providing the easier of a buy-in you're going to have that's just my opinion i've been in the sales industry for a while and what has worked for me is to be more personable and be relatable to people and this way the buy-in is a little bit easier for me and 
I can say that I've been successful. The thing is, if you want to take your business to the next level, I would also encourage you guys set up a website. People are able to find you on your website, read more about your business, also connect with you more on your website. It's your website. You design it the way you want people to see you. I have a connection for any website. I've spoken about Erin Harris, the one who created our website, ConcretePastures.com. You can find her on ET Marketing 808. Her name is Erin Harris. Her Instagram page is E as in Eric, T as in Tom, Marketing 808. All right, feel free to reach out. Having a website takes you to a whole different level. You connect with your clientele on a different level as well. I love the quote that Nosa said, I have nothing and I lack nothing. I think it's powerful. We come on this earth with nothing and when we leave, we leave with nothing as well. You can interpret it the way you want, but that's how I'm taking it to heart. Let's support all of our guests that come on on Concrete Pastures. All of us have some type of business out there. Let's support each other. FMGRadio.com. Let's make sure we tune in together. All right. Thank you again for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. Share it with your family and friends. Tag me on your social media. I have Facebook, I have Instagram, whichever one that you use. I would also love to hear from you. Leave me a review. And if there's a topic you have in mind that you'd love for me to cover, let me know as well. Look out for new episodes every week on Mondays. And I truly appreciate you being part of the community and supporting the community. Until next time, keep dreaming. Yeah.